to do that. Um, a lot of people have had questions about what happened and what um, has gone on or what, what is going on. And so this is going to be a good resource um, for you guys uh, to exploit. Okay. Welcome. My name is Chloe Balatori. For those of you who don't know me, I am a relationship and communication expert. I'm a graduate of Princeton University and Pat Allen's Want Institute. Pat Allen was my mentor um, in many ways, and I use the tools that she teaches, the tools of transactional and uh, uh, excuse me of transactional analysis and androgynous semantic realignment. Um, I draw on the work of Eric Byrd, on the work of Freud, on the work of Jung. This work is very multidisciplinary. Um, so I may use examples from science, from literature, from psychology, uh, whatever it may be. Um, all this work is based on understanding and navigating the concept of duality and the duality that we have here on this planet, right? Um, all of us are feminine and masculine. All of us um, experience night and day, right? All of us experience pain and pleasure. This is the nature of life here on earth. And I could go on and on with different um, measures of duality, but that's how life is organized here. And it's really exemplified by the yin yang symbol, which yin being the feminine energy and yang being the masculine energy and that sort of sweeping, uh, flowing motion that is connoted in the symbol itself um, to illustrate all the gradations that are in between. So when we talk about successful relationships, and that includes the relationship that you have with yourself, what we're talking about is balancing these two energies and balancing the duality of the people in the relationship and ultimately, again, of yourself. When we have an imbalance, that's when we have conflicts. And oftentimes imbalances occur they're either struggles for the masculine energy, which is two people fighting for control, or struggles for the feminine energy, which is two people fighting for sympathy, okay? When we have this balance in relationships, when conflicts arise, when awkward, situation arise, or when awkward situations arise, then we have a rubric on how to handle them because one person will primarily inhabit the feminine energy, which is the area of feelings. And one person will primarily inhabit the masculine energy, which is the world of thoughts. <clears throat> Again, everybody is both. And this work applies to heterosexual relationships, homosexual relationships, because it's not really about organs, but about energy. And so even in, you know, a homosexual relationship, you have a top and a bottom, a butch and a femme. <clears throat> so I have plenty of clients who are feminine men with masculine women. Um, that works also. Just because you're a woman doesn't mean you have to be feminine. Just because you're a man doesn't mean you have to be masculine. Um, but it is important to uh, know which is more important to you. 
And so when we have conflicts, when we have um, awkward situations like first dates, one of the key questions that I'm going to ask you when you guys start up with your questions, which is going to be the bulk of this meetup, is which is more important to you? Do you want your feelings cherished or your thoughts respected? Like I said, everyone wants both. But when you go for both in a moment of conflict, that's an act of narcissism. The other person doesn't have any place to go. Okay. And so that's why we establish this rubric. Now we live in a very masculinized world. And what do I mean by masculine? Competitive, conquering, controlling, left brain activity, linear thinking, logic, um, giving, taking care of, nurturing, proving ourselves. This is the world of achievements. Most of us are in our masculine energy when we're at work. Okay. Then we have, all of us have that right side of our brain. That is the world of feelings. That is feminine. That is passive, patient, vulnerable. The world of sensuality and sexuality. This is the world of um, spirituality as well. And it's really important to acknowledge that we all have both sides. Even the universe at, at, on its own has both sides. I've already said that our society tends to be, at least here in the U.S., tends to be more oriented towards masculine values. And this is one of the reasons we've failed as a nation and, well, more than a nation, but we failed as a nation to protect our climate and some of the some things that would be considered the feminine side of life, the yin side of life. Now, a lot of us become imbalanced in childhood from childhood trauma because when we're children, we are faced with the dual needs of attachment, right? because we need to attach to older people. Human infants are very dependent. They, we can't live on our own as babies. So attachment is our foremost goal. We need to be on good terms with the people who run the refrigerator and control the access to it, right? <laughs> um, oftentimes that's at the cost of our authenticity as children. Whether your parents were well-meaning or ill-meaning, this can still occur. Obviously, if your parents were ill-meaning, your tra trauma was probably greater than if they were not ill-meaning, if they were well-meaning. But still, there's an alienation that occurs in childhood when a child has to abdicate their authenticity to a degree to get along in this household, right? And the problem that occurs is that this happens during the critical developmental window of zero to 12. And when we're in this period of time, everything that happens to us has a greater power or greater valence on us simply because it's happening at such a young age. So we develop coping strategies that we think are based on existential conclusions about life and the world and how to live and navigate the world um, when we're children. The problem is when we bring those strategies into adulthood and try to use them in our personal relationships. And this is where we see trauma showing up the the most and primarily is in our intimate 
romantic relationships. And so often the things that we used as children to help us survive are the things that prevent us from living authentic lives when we are grown-ups and we do have choices, right? When you're grown-up, you don't need to still kowtow to your parents to get things out of the refrigerator. You can buy your own refrigerator and get your own food, but we get locked in these patterns and human, human children are tamer than even you know, domestic animals, right? We, we don't even need to hear the whistle. We already know what's expected of us and what we need to do. Um, and so we develop these coping mechanisms in childhood that ultimately don't serve us, but we are sort of doomed to repeat without bringing awareness to them. Okay, so a lot of the work that I do is bringing awareness to some of the patterns that you're using and seeing where you can change them to get a different result and to get what you want. Understanding how the duality of the universe works specifically in relationships will give you an edge and you will be able to navigate that duality just a lot better. Um, this work gives you insight into relationships, yes, but you you can see the dynamics reflected in literature, in science, you know, I've already talked about right and left lobes of brains. In psychology, Carl Jung defines consciousness as the balance between the masculine and feminine. Um, even in reality TV, when you see conflicts, you will see that it's a conflict either of two masculine energies or two feminine energies. And what we aim for is to learn how to negotiate with love, meaning having that balanced negotiation, that supportive languaging, so that even when we have issues, we know how to bring them up in a respectful and cherishing manner. Um, a lot of times when issues arise, either in dating or relationships, the impulse is to run. And unfortunately, the more that we avoid problems, the more they end up controlling us. So this work is really about engaging with your problems and meeting them head on and, you know, doing the best we can, bringing awareness to our patterns and looking at ways in which we can change so that we can get what we want. A lot of times people come to me, I see men, I see women, I see couples, I see teenagers. And often the first impulse is, okay, how can I control this other person, right? How can I get him to do this? How can I get her to do that? And there may be things we can do, um, but ultimately, a lot of effort is put into controlling other people where we don't have a lot of agency. And very little effort is put into managing our own emotional life and regulation, um, which is an area that we do have a lot of agency. So that's a shift that often needs to happen Um when we're doing this work. I've written three books on this work. I'll put some of my credentials into the chat so you guys know how to reach out to me. Uh, I put up original content on Instagram every day. 
um, I put up that going? There we go. Um, I'm on TikTok. I do these meetups. I'm starting a podcast. Um, I might be doing some more stuff, but yeah, there's a lot of resources you can check out. You can reach out to me through my website or through Instagram. If you want to set up um, a direct session, those are really good. I also teach this work, which is the link for modules and packages. Um, because these are principles you can learn. And ultimately this is work is about graduating and using these principles on your own. Now that often it takes a, a period of time to learn this work, at least three years probably. But the idea is for you guys to ultimately learn how to fish for yourself. Now, when you apply the theories of this work into your own life, that is a different experience than when you're just listening to me talk about it or asking questions. And so I help people navigate that a lot as well. And that's what we do a lot in the modules and the packages, which is a little bit more economical way of learning about this stuff. Um, it's It meets a small group, it, it meets four weeks at a time, and you learn the basics um, and you get to learn from everybody in the room, like we will tonight too, but it's smaller and a little bit more concentrated. So that's open to you guys as well. Um, and then the rest of the time I'm going to devote to hearing your questions. Um, if you've been having an ongoing problem, even if you have a general question about something or something, you know, you can ask something that happened in the news or something that you don't understand. Um, but usually people ask about relationships, about dating. I help people a lot with dating and flirting and meeting people and their dating profile. If you're into online dating, I also help people with problems of communication, um, I help with family problems, family origin problems. So this work, like I said, really um, radiates out to a lot of areas of life. Now, the scholarship that I'm talking about, that's nothing new. You know, yin and yang, what, that's thousands of years old. And we knew about right and left brains definitively since the 1980s. Um, What's new about this work are the tools to execute on this knowledge. A lot of times when you go to a traditional therapist, you express your feelings and they nod and listen, and then you leave, but nothing really changes. And that's a nice experience to have. And we all have that need to be seen and to be heard. But for me, it was frustrating because I like to see change. And also I'd like to know how to do the change in the moment that I'm in. So that's another thing that I offer for my clients is once you're my client, then you can reach out with questions. And if you're in an emergency, you know, I'll keep track of it for you. And then you can, you know, pay me at the end of the week or whatever. Um, because I find that if clients don't have access to me when they're actually having a problem, the problem snowballs. So you have an appointment on Tuesday and you're having a problem and, and, and you're having a problem on the Friday before. Well, that's not that helpful. By Tuesday, you're going to be even worse. So um, it's really just more efficient that way, economically and time-wise. Um, 
So yeah, that's what I help people with. I also help people navigating the pain of change because even when we start this work and it's healing and it's the right thing to do, we often experience pain um, because the brain rewires itself on pain. It doesn't rewire itself on pleasure. And there's a great book about that called um, by Norman Deutsch called The Brain's Healing Way. He's written a bunch, I'll put it in the chat, but he's written a bunch of a couple of really good books about brain, brains and brain changes, which, you know, that's been relatively new. Freud thought that the brain was static. We now know that the brain can change, um, but it is an inherently painful process. Um, also, a lot of this work involves getting in touch with yourself and some maybe some things that you've repressed or suppressed, and that can be painful. Um, but there's two kinds of pain, the pain that change is taking place or the pain that change needs to take place. And so it's really productive pain or unproductive pain. And as we know, if we've lived over mm, 10 years, life has pain, right? And if you don't, if you want to live without pain, life without pain, then you won't have pleasure either. Because again, it's that duality. So I help people a lot with that. Okay, I'm going to open it up for questions now. And you guys can raise your hand and uh, either Raul or, or I will unmute you. You can also put questions in the chat. Um, Nil, I knew you, I know you were reaching out with some questions. Okay, here we are. In my college, okay, so Nil, for you guys who weren't here last week, Nil was asking about meeting a girl, um, and getting a girlfriend. That's basically what he wants to do. Okay. In my college, I can't make eye contact with gals cause I feel awkward and creepy. So what should I do? Where do I get a girlfriend easily? Cause I don't know. Please give me some examples and please help me. Okay. Okay. So one of the things we discussed, and this is an assignment that I always give my, um, singletons is to do these five flirts. Okay. And that means that you're going to be flirting five days a week. Four of those flirts are going to be just on the hoof in the course of your day. Um, okay, I'll unmute you in a second now. Um, one of those flirts is going to be a seated flirt where you go somewhere where you like the look of the person. Okay, so Nil, you're going to plant yourself somewhere where you like the look of the women that are there or where you think you might meet somebody. You want some examples. Um, it could be church. It could be a Starbucks. It could be a museum. It could be a hotel bar. It could be the student center. Does that help you? And then I know you said you wanted to be in the masculine energy. So you're going to be doing the five seconds of eye contact and smiling at the same time when you see someone you like. And if they return eye contact and they seem open, then that's your sign that you can approach. And you can say, you know, don't make too big a deal out of the approach, but just, you know, it can be anything. It can be, um, 
just about the surroundings you're in, the weather, whatever it is, just initiate if you're in the masculine. If you're in the feminine, you still do the five seconds of eye contact and smile, but that's your signal that the other person can approach. Does that help more? Does that make sense, Neil? Um, uh, let me think. Let me think. Okay. If I don't, I'll I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah. Let me know. I'd love to hear your guys' um, updates, and you know, it may take a little while, but once you start doing, you'll start to get the hang of it, and you'll see that you will meet people this way. It will work. Um. You know, again, and choose a place and you can play around with it, but especially for your seated flirt once a week, choose a place, um, you know, that will be fun for you to go that, you know, you think you'll meet like-minded people. Okay. Okay. Um, any more questions do you guys have? I know there was, um, Susan. Oops. I'm trying to unmute you. There we go. Hi, Chloe. Hi, Susan. <clears throat> How are you? How can I help you? Um, I'm okay. Um, I turned on uh listening to you right as you were saying the part about how you can't change other people. You can only change yourself. And I was like, <laughs> Perfect. For this situation, this is not a dating question, but okay. um, it's still something that I'll, probably a lot of people can relate to. Um, this is about a next, well, it's not even next door. We share a wall. I live in a townhome and we share a wall and we have carports, not garages. So the space is pretty uh, close and it, you know, it's fine sometimes with people and yet I have this neighbor on one side of me that um we kind of stay away from each other because we know we kind of push each other's buttons I guess um, okay smart yeah so because once I when she was loud and it was a weeknight it was midnight and windows were open and I had to go knock at her door and ask her to tone it down. And, um, you know, after that, I could tell that she was like mad at me, so to speak. Right. And I was like, right. okay, if she wants to do, if she wants to be that way for five years after that one thing, that's right. on her. It's her prerogative. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, she's a lot younger. She's 34 and seems pretty unhappy. And, um, her parents bought her her townhome and they buy her cars. I don't know what her deal is. But anyway, so she put her recycling bin. She usually doesn't. It's usually all over the place. And I'll just put it somewhere out of the way. I kind of take charge of it. And then Friday night, though, I had been at the grocery store. My hands were full. It was in my way. And I moved it. Or I tried moving it, but I couldn't move it where I was going because it got wedged between her car and her fence because she 
pulls up so close. Mm -hmm. And that's like a walkway. And so she started yelling at me. In the moment? uh, Kind of, because I went inside to put my things down. And then the next thing I know, she's knocking at the door and starts yelling at me. I tried to explain. I apologize. I said, I apologize. I'm sorry. It got stuck. And I was. But it was literally in your way. So you couldn't get out of the car. Oh, I can get out of the car, but walking from but you my couldn't car get from to the my car place, to your house, it obstructs this narrow little, you know, it's okay. like so it was literally in your way to the point that you couldn't yeah. walk. Okay. Yeah. And, and she's uh, yelling at you for moving it. Oh yeah. I touched her recycle bin. Okay. Yeah. And so I, um, I thought, okay, given, you know, how what I've learned from you, uh, I need to set an appointment and talk to her about, so she, she was not, I knew she would, the yelling thing is like, okay, she needs to calm down mm-hmm. so we could talk. Mm-hmm. So it was not a good idea Friday night, but Saturday it timed out. I was pulling in as I'd been out. So well, how did, how did it end Friday? Um, with, did you say, I can't talk to you till you stop yelling? Well, I wish I had that part okay. I missed. Okay. In my past, when I have had yelling, I, I just take it, which is awful. And I knew that afterwards. It's like, oh man, you know, but yeah. you're always free to mm. say, if someone's yelling at you, please excuse me, but I can't hear you when you're yelling. Okay. And then I think shut it down if they keep yelling. Say, okay, I'll talk to you when you calm down and close the door. Yeah. Because you're bumping up. I, you guys, I already know Susan a little bit because she's done both the modules. So you're bumping up against your people pleasing. Right. Exactly. And I know I am. Yeah. And so part of that is coming back, you know, it's like, oh my God, I still give her the power because I allowed her to yell at me and walk right. out on me because she right. just, while she's still yelling and I'm trying to explain, she's walking away and goes in her house. Like she doesn't want to hear it. She just wants to right. yell. And, and don't forget mood. that second corollary, which is you only defend the lie you believe. So by uh, defending yeah. yourself, you're kind of buying mm-hmm. into her premise. And I'm just saying you didn't even need to buy into her premise. Premise. Right. Yeah. Well, he's totally crazy. Yelling at your yeah. door. Close the door or don't open it. Yeah. Okay. So that was my okay. So mistake. that happened Friday. She walked away at least. So that's good. Yeah. So Saturday, but she's self-righteous. So Saturday, I'm kind of, I found ways to sort of calm down and get over it. That was my objective was like, okay, I need to calm down. I was like on a scale of one to 10. I was at an eight. I was pretty upset. Yeah. You were majorly triggered. Oh yeah. And, um, she went into the parent, you went into the child. Oh shit. Yeah. It's okay. You're doing good. Uh, but it You're doing so good. great. And I'm like struggling to try to get out of those old habits. I know. And it's but be compassionate because it just takes time i'm dealing with it too i've been doing this work for over a decade and i you know pat i told you pat's in her 80s and she's still working on her shit yeah so then the next day she's pulling in i'm pulling in and i'm like okay here's my opportunity to say set up a time and talk 
but you know, honestly, she doesn't want to talk. Right. That's, and that's the other anyway. thing. I mean, that was a good yeah. impulse. But because, I tried. Yeah. I came to her window because she stayed in her car, which she does sometimes for a while. And I came to her car and I waved and she like rolls down the window halfway. And I said, is this a good time to talk? And mm-hmm. she says, actually, it's not. I just got home from a funeral. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. So we can talk later. And she's like, I, sh- I don't know. She said, yeah, or sure. And afterwards, I thought, yeah, that was a no. Like, right. never. <laughs> you know, it's right. really what that was. Right. Especially if you don't set a time. Because I didn't set a time. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Or ask me. So, but, um, so then... Oh, I got re-triggered actually that morning because she now she's moved it so it's even more in my way. Look, it totally blocks me. So I was like, oh, God. I was going out for a bike ride, and I'm just like, I had to move it to get my bike in my trunk. So um, then I decide, okay, she doesn't, she doesn't want to... Uh, she doesn't want to work on this. She just wants to be right, right. and live her life. And, and a- that's the thing is like, you know, it was, it was a good impulse to try to set the appointment. But my yeah. thing is, is the way that she's acting is that you're really not building with her. Right. No. Even though you have to have some kind of relationship because she's, you share a wall. She's yeah. your neighbor. You're not building a relationship with her. So you don't no. actually have to give her that. And she's also been really shitty to you. So in that case, it's kind of like all bets are off. You know what I mean? (laughs) I know. You don't need to respect her anymore. Like she's doing things to, you know, my focus right now is how do we get this? Right. I sort of, what I sort of did though, I was like, okay, out of my hands. I'll just let the HOA know. I'll take care of it. Good. Because I thought, I don't want to. That's wanna, what I was going to ask. Do you I'm have done. an HOA? Like, how do we HOA. get, right, how do we get this box out of the way? Yeah. And, um, but then, you know, my keeper pleaser, I was like, oh God, it's like, you know, like, uh, I've gone back and forth between, is that okay or is that not okay? Because I'm, you know, it doesn't feel very good to like. Tattletale. Tell, yeah mm-hmm. and it's like really are they gonna fix it you know they can tell her i mean they said they'll write her a letter and uh if they have to give her a second warning then she has to go to a hearing and get fined or something like that so i mean what uh, are you supposed to do you've asked her already she's not doing it yeah. so tell the hoa get them to handle it and my thing is so- don't talk to her at all well, yeah. Okay. I tried is there more to, to the story? What's next? Yeah, there is. Okay. So, because this is so hard, I don't have that patience to wait day after day, you know, mm-hmm. but I can work on that. Okay. Um. So I was talking to this friend, neighbor, and she's like, well, what about that? You know, she was suggesting a spot. And I was like, okay. So I looked outside and I went, yeah, it's like a good spot. I saw she was home. So I texted her. I said, hey, you know. Uh, you want to talk about, I have some ideas that, you know, if you want to talk about them, something like that. And which then, would be okay if she, she actually about engaged him. with me. Yeah, oh, I know she, she doesn't. She, okay. She, yeah. 
So she doesn't, she tries to pretend I don't exist. She doesn't want me as a neighbor, clearly. It's like, um, whatever, but I'm here. Well, whatever. She's, She's in her own thing. Years. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I don't think I should have put myself out that much to be making Agreed. suggestions, but she was engaging, which for me kept me trying. Mm-hmm. And then when I said, well, why don't you come out and look? And then she's just like, I forget what she said, but she's just like, no, I'm going to bed now or something like that, you know, or mm-hmm. I have to do work. She was just like, I know. So I was like, ah, oh, shit. So it kind um, of seemed like she was open, but then she uh, wasn't. But not, she wasn't going to come out. Right. Yeah, in other words, she she could be the nice person and work it out with me, but she would rather just keep being a bitch. <laughs> I guess. But, uh, sorry, I'm not supposed to say words like that. It's okay. Um, no, it's fine. Okay. It's totally uh, fine. You did nothing, you know, look, you're uh, pursuing this person who doesn't care about you. And that's the main uh, habit I just want you to break. Yes. You know, it's like she's already communicated. And this is like, this would be an instance when, you know, you could have reached out to me. Um, yeah. I think I'm afraid of her too. Cause she yelled at me and she, you know, like was like, don't touch my. Right. But let's be real. She's a 34-year-old spoiled brat. She's just this girl who lives next door. She has no power over you. You don't need to buy into it. She's triggering you because it's touching on your issues. So she herself is not an issue. Who cares about her? Nobody Mm. here cares about her. You know what I mean? You you don't really care about her. So No, but she's kind of gets me bothered and right like, she's I don't getting want to be under bothered. your skin I want to be she's calm. triggering your issues about yes your people pleasing mm. triggering your patience it's triggering your feelings of vulnerability um yeah. and unfortunately she's a hostile person but there's something in her inconsistency that fits one of your scripts so you keep going back to it right you think you can yeah. fix her. You think you can change it if you have the right approach. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm going to tell you right now, We've I've already heard enough. She's not open to hearing from you. So if you want it fixed, you're either going to have to keep moving it yourself or tell the HOA. But I don't think there's anything to be gained from continuing to engaging to engage with her yeah yeah she doesn't she doesn't want to fix it or engage or be friends she just so i have to just move it when it's in the way and she goes into her yelling thing i'll just walk away or cover my ears or whatever i need just close the door just tell her to stop just say i can't talk to you when you're yelling at me or you know what people are doing now? They're recording it. Take out your phone and start recording it. Don't say anything. Take out your phone and start recording it. And then you can send that yeah. to the HOA. Yeah. You know, if she wants to take it all the way, you're a badass. You take it all the way. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's like I want to feel strong, but... But in my past, I um, have not been 
the strong person I want to be. I want to feel 100% of who I am, not let her make me feel less than that, not allow anyone else to let me feel less than that. Right. I mean, you know, we've been working on, you know, your feminine qualities, you know, being more patient and vulnerable and that, but with her, you don't want that. This is your time to bring out the masculine, your badass side. She, that, that, you know, ultimately your masculine side takes care of your feminine side for anybody. Um, yeah, I thought about that way. Yeah. So she, she is not, um, she's just a 34 year old girl living in a world of hurt. I'm sure she's in a tremendous amount of pain to be screaming at strangers like that. Let's not Mm -hmm. go down the road of psychoanalyzing her. I'm just saying yeah. She doesn't have any power over you, Susan. She really doesn't. It's annoying what she's doing. And it's triggering what she's doing. Because I know. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, she feel it. invisible and ignored. Which is a childhood feeling. Yes. You know. So just the more awareness you can bring to what she's triggering in you. And, kind, you know, kind of releasing that and being compassionate about it yeah i mean she tried to when she tried to shame me i was like oh my god that's like a parent thing she's like yeah susan i'm shocked that you would touch something that belongs to me or you know some thing like that i'm like whoa that's that's what i'm thinking that's she's heard that from her mother you know that's totally right you could hear her parent and what you yes. was, you know, we talked about this in module one, the cross transaction. Yeah. She's coming at you with parent and you're responding with child when you need to be coming from adult. Yes. Which is saying, I can't hear you when you yell or closing the door. And cherishing or... your feelings. Put your feelings first. The second she started yelling, you were already upset before she came in and started yelling because the fucking box was there. So yeah. the, so when that happens, I want you to start bringing awareness to your feelings and putting your feelings first. So if mm. she's making you feel bad at your door screaming, close the door. Whatever the action is, the first you got the first step, which was the awareness. Then you need to take the second step, which is the action on that awareness. Yeah. You're getting there. You're doing good. I mean, you're getting there. It's yeah, already it's, better it's, than it would have been. It's to keep taking care of myself. It's taking care of myself that I tried to move the thing. But then I kind of, yeah, I didn't continue that. By the, when she yelled, the impulse should be close the door. Right. And the thing is, is you're such a, quote, nice person. And I say that because it's a persona. You're beholden to act in the way that the dictates of what you think a nice person is as described to you by your parents, probably, or, you know, society at large, whatever it was at a young age. And I want to shift that for you to you being a kind person, not a nice person and a kind person who is kind to themselves first. That means you can be straight with people. That means you can say no. You know, don't forget women own the word no, and no is a complete sentence. 
and you'll be surprised. This this inner this relationship with the neighbor is going to change. When you do some of these things, it's going to change. And I put money on it that you in a certain amount of time this won't even be a concern. Yeah, I think it's like you said, sometimes it's like the pain of change. Well, I am changing, so I you know, attempted to stand up to her Mm -hmm. by moving the thing. And And that was uh, good, but you had to move the thing to actually walk. Yeah. You know, and I just want you to orient it a little different to put yourself first because you're putting her first and her feelings first. Yeah. I worry about other people. Yes. But that's a habit that doesn't serve. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that taking care of others or or being there for others is is a bad thing. Of course, that's a noble thing, but done to an extreme that ends up help hurt harming yourself. And you really need to put your feelings first. Nobody else is going to do that for you. You have to do that for you. Right. You know, even if that looks like doing something that you think is impolite. Do you remember the story I told you about the toiletries in the pool? Uh, Kind of. Okay. So I was very much like you, and I still get caught up in it sometimes, where I felt compelled to service the needs of other people before my own. And I was very much caught in caught up in this idea of what a nice person does instead of doing what I wanted or how I felt or what I didn't want. I was more caught up in many cases, especially when triggered doing what, because when you're triggered, your brain kind of goes off. And so that's kind of the trick is to be aware of the trigger and then to be able to act on it. That does take work and time. And you're seeing that Mm -hmm. because we're at the awareness. We're not, and sometimes you're able to act on it and sometimes not. That's normal. It's not a straight line. Um, So I was at the pool. I, I, so I'm at at a public pool and I always was bringing my nice toiletries to the pool. Okay. And every time I went somebody that, you know, the bullies can spot you from a mile away. This well, yeah, girl. she's a bully. That's right. A good and this point. girl sees My you as a doormat. A she sees you as a doormat. And they saw yeah. me as a doormat. And so they I was always being asked, can, can I use your shampoo? Can I use your face wash? I forgot mine. Da, da, da. To an, a, an, a really a, a big extent, like it was happening a lot. And I didn't want to share my stuff with other people. Why the fuck should I share my stuff with other people? Like, because I want to seem like a nice person to a bunch of strangers. Like I had to really use the logic on myself. Like, what are you doing? Why are you literally this stuff is expensive. Why are you paying for everybody at the pool to use your toiletries? It was like, because I was so wedded to this idea. And I remember it was just like a real process. And one day somebody asked me and they said, you know, can I use your stuff? And I, and it was, I was kind of like where you're at now, where I was kind of in the middle where I was like, I don't want to do it, but I don't think I can say no. So I did it, but I did it begrudgingly. And then after that, I was so mad at myself because I had abandoned my feelings in the moment for this stranger 
to give this stranger my face wash. Why? That I promised myself I just wouldn't, wasn't going to do that again. I was going to just pay the price of whatever it was of not being mm-hmm. a nice person. Um, and it's it's literally never happened again. <laughs> so you change your energy and some of these mm-hmm. issues won't even come up for you anymore. Um, okay. So I hope that helps. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate the feedback. You're welcome. And let me know how it goes. I'm excited to hear how this situation (laughs) evolves. Neighbor problems can be kind of hard. Yeah. Okay, hang in there. You're doing really well. Thanks, Chloe. You're welcome. Thanks for sharing. Um, Okay, I see a bunch of hands. Andrew said he had a question. I'm thinking about this. Okay. Hi, hey, Andrew. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking my calls. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Um, How can I help you? Did you have a question about Susan's work, or you? No, no, it was a personal question. Okay, um, okay, shoot. It's it's about the the feminine and masculine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't hear you. Like whether or not I have. Are you speaking? Because I'm okay. I'm only here. You're going really in and out. Can you repeat your question? I can't hear you that well. You hear me? Now I can hear you, but before that, I couldn't hear you. Oh, geez. Okay. Now Um, I'm hearing you. You said, oh, yeah. Okay. um, A whole bunch of stuff is going on uh, in my life that I'm. Hmm. That's frustrating. Okay. So all I heard was a whole bunch of stuff is going on in your life, but I didn't hear the actual question. Um, there's a, I, I find myself being a lot more feminine than masculine and it kind of bothers me. Um, and I know that I need to find a girlfriend is one of the most important things in my life right now. It's like essential that I find one, um, putting myself out there and I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. Um, I think I've had this, I've, I've talked to you before, um, quite a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's see, uh, there's just something going on in my life that I'm not really sure of that's stopping me from, uh, being successful with a relationship. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I kind of remember. And I think when we spoke, you had a number of women that you were seeing at the time. I thought it was only one. (laughs) Okay. I think there were, okay. I, for some reason, I remember more than that. Okay. So what are you doing now to meet women? What, what's your. Right now I've got, I've put myself on, on Bumble and I know that's not really working to my, my expertise um i go out i think it's it's a confidence thing and it's i can definitely carry on a conversation i got really bummed out yesterday because i was on set and a whole bunch of um I, i i interacted with a whole bunch of women the only problem is they were all 
already taken and it just like when you get to the point where you shoot your shoot and you find out later on they're they're all taken um it just puts a damper in your your ability to keep on putting yourself out there um drained energy uh just mm -hmm. being not being myself not feeling like myself not uh wondering why i'm not being able to perform the way i was when i was dating somebody hmm. um, um okay so when we talked before did you say you wanted to be in the masculine you want your thoughts respected uh when you mean thoughts respected what do you mean well Everybody wants their thoughts respected and their feelings cherished, but the masculine position is getting your thoughts respected first. And the feminine position is getting your feelings cherished first. If you're in the masculine, you're the one making the first move. You're the one controlling the day. You're the one taking care of things. If you're in the feminine position, you're in the receiving zone. You're it's, in the it feels very zone. awkward when I am in the feminine zone. Um, I'm used to being the take control, take charge, alpha male kind of guy. And that's okay. gone away. And that's that's a red flag for me that it's gone away. Hmm. So, so I'm wondering, what is something happening in your life that is traumatic? Or are you being triggered? Or are some issues coming up for you? Yeah. Um, I've gone through a lot of um, personal issues with... Um, moving and having a lot of uh roommate issues um things that are going on in my life that i'm not quite sure why they're happening um a lot of confusion not too many um outlets um my aunt just passed away um what else just being sure and confident, I, I I think I'm lacking confidence of knowing what to do with myself. And I know that's probably they they pick up on on that. They can mm -hmm. sense your insecurity. You mean knowing what to do with your career? Um that's kind of limp limp sided, but it's it's coming along. Like I'm I'm doing stand-up comedy and I'm trying to figure out what my flaws are, why I'm not um progressing with stand-up comedy um i do aerial photography with drones um i'm getting decent amount of work but not the best work um i think when i when i do approach women it's it's carrying keeping the conversation going and i'm most of the time i'm fairly good at this depending on if i'm using cannabis or not i i'm more open it's like i turn into an extrovert versus an introvert mm -hmm. when with cannabis mm -hmm. um well that certainly having, helps when reaching out to people yeah not um, having a lot of um wingmen in my life um having that's okay you don't need that it's easier to meet somebody when you're alone but what i'm hearing is inner chatter oh that's another thing uh the inner chatter is a big problem okay so you're doing stand-up comedy i don't know how long you've been doing it but that when men create 
they create off their feminine side. So you're having to be vulnerable in doing your stand-up. And so I think you might be just having a little bit of trouble code switching into being masculine after you've had to kind of be feminine in your creative state. Does that make sense? Kind of, sort of. Because, look, being an alpha male really means you have a strong masculine side and a strong feminine side. It doesn't mean you're all masculine. And the things that you're describing that you're doing, which sound very creative, like photography and stand-up comedy, I know that if you're masculine, you have to create off your feminine side. So I'm hearing somebody who, yes, has a masculine side, but also has a feminine side. And so part of it is learning how to navigate between those two sides of yourself. And so when you're in your standup, you definitely need that feminine creative energy to be present to some degree, right? Because otherwise, (laughs) are you going to come up with anything to say? Um, But when you're, you know, approaching women, you probably don't want to lead with that same impulse, yeah, I get those two confused and I'm not really sure which one I am at the time. Right. Okay. Well, let's just say for now that if, you know, look, sometimes men and women, sometimes people will vacillate in different relationships. Like, um, here's Rick in here. Yeah. Rick's here. So Rick was saying, I think it was last week that it's like, you know, sometimes he's with a woman and he, he feels feminine, but sometimes he's he meets a woman and his masculine side is brought out more okay if you want to start with approaching women then you're going to be leading with your masculine side that means leading with your thoughts and you will be inquiring about her feelings okay also like you literally ask them how their day went or what's on their mind or what are they thinking about well, not, yeah, thinking that's masculine, but feeling. So it's like, instead of what did you do today? How do you, you know, how are you? How are you feeling? You know, how did, <laughs> even how did you sleep last night? Think of the world of like feelings. Um, one of the, you know, whatever's happening, like that's part, you know, that's one of the reasons men buy drinks for women. Yeah, I'm not much of a drinker. That's another thing. Uh, I, you know, if I if if I were a drinker and I'd be going to a bar, I probably have no problem. No, I don't not recommending drinking. I'm just saying, uh, you know, I could use a different example, like men open doors for women, men pull out chairs for women. This is to show that they care how the woman feels. You know, I think I've done all that definitely. And that's not the problem. Okay. You're just not um, keeping the conversation going or? I don't know what I'm doing. I, uh, it's. Uh, Are you getting know. the eye contact and smile before you approach? I think so. Yeah. Okay, good. So you got that. And if you find a woman has a boyfriend, I mean, it's not really a big deal if they have a boyfriend. It's more if they have if they're married, that's when you really want to stay away. If they have a boyfriend, get in there and practice. You know, it's kind of low stakes. If they have a boyfriend, you can still flirt with them. Okay. So if you're attracted, you know, get in there and practice and you never know, like 
you know, people are breaking up all the time. So it's eh, having a boyfriend isn't like the same as being married. Gotcha. Um, you know, so get in there and practice and maybe even start practicing with women that you're not necessarily crazy about. I'm not saying lead them on, but sometimes practicing in a lower stress situation, which means when you're not as invested, um, helps. So, you know, practice some of these masculine tools, uh, inquiring about their feelings, the ways in which you can cherish a woman's feelings that go beyond opening a door or pulling a chair out or buying a drink, you know, like maybe some conversational things or, um, you know, and again, you're, yes, you're the one who's going to be asking the questions and initiating the conversation and taking control of that stuff. Um, we all go through ups and downs in our self-esteem and in our confidence but it's very hard to work on that if you don't actually take any steps to do so. And so part of what happens when you do some of these things, just when you begin to contemplate what, what does it mean to cherish a woman's feelings, for example, that makes, starts to create a change in your brain. Okay. And then that will help you bring your more masculine energy forward. Just exploring it will help you do that. Um, and so it's also a process, not just a result. Um, and, you know, I mean, rejection, it sucks, but it is part of the process. And ultimately, you're talking about getting rejected by women that you don't really know that well. You know, I mean, let's be real. It hurts a lot more when you're in a relationship with someone who knows you and loves you and dumps you out of nowhere. Right. Um, so but they have that feeling. I would actually prefer that over what I go through. It's like that, you, that means, oh, you're making some sort of progress. You mean you're, you're feeling bad because you can't get into the actual relationship. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, that happens sometimes. Also, people are really rusty after COVID. So everybody's kind of dealing with a little bit of trepidation in re-entering the world of socializing and relationships and even having eye contact. One of the weird things that happened when the masks went on is people stopped looking at each other and that, that didn't need to happen. You know, that's not contagious. So, um, you know, part of it is, is taking actions to help you move through these awkward times. Um, try starting with the five flirts and at least doing that seated flirt once a week. And What's just practice and just practice going somewhere where you like what I said. Did you hear what I said to Nell? Where you going somewhere where you like the look of the women, whether it be a Starbucks, a museum, um, a dance class. Dancing is really good because it's you know sensual. And so women like that. Take a dance class. Yeah, take a dance class, or there's you know, dancing events or go dancing, right? Right. Um, you know. So try some of these things and then, you know, look, you can do your, your walking flirts just in the course of your day, but then pick one place, go at least 45 minutes an hour, once a week. And if you find somewhere you like, you can pick it over, you can go there over and over and then people get to know you. And then there's a level of comfortability and it may, it just makes everything easier. So, um, 
and plant yourself. And that way, when you do get the signal of the eye contact and the smile, you can make your approach, you know, and don't let any one rejection throw you off course. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just part, part for the course. It's just part of the game. You're going to get rejected. Everybody does. Everyone gets rejection. You're going to get probably more rejection than you're going to get thumbs up, but that's okay. It's not personal. Mm. It just means you guys aren't aligned. It doesn't really mean anything. It's just a complete stranger. It doesn't mean you're undesirable. See, just like Susan, you're letting that rejection, and this is totally normal. Everybody does this. Letting that rejection confirm a belief about yourself that is negative and probably inauthentic and was acquired in childhood. So just bring awareness to that. Childhood trauma. Yeah. And just be like, oh, that's triggering me. Okay. Well, I'm still going to keep, you know, trying to meet a woman. Okay. That's just triggering me. Oh, well, you know, we can have negative feelings and thoughts alongside positive ones. You know, you just don't want those things to control you. You want to be aware of them, but not necessarily react to them. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds like a challenge sometimes because you, you're. It depends on if you're in your head a lot. Uh-huh. You're you're in the moment. Uh-huh. And that's why this work is so good for people like you who are alphas, and people like me, and probably everyone in this room at this point, um, because your heart and your head are always arguing. You know, betas don't have that conflict. They just go ahead and eat their sandwich, and they're fine. But you're a little more than that. So you're going to have this argument between your heart and your head. Um, Conflict. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And, um, you know, it's just a little more work. That's all. You have greater potential, but it's also more work. And I got to get out of the procrastination and laziness and finding things to do to occupy myself. That's another issue. Yeah, I mean... I don't like those words because they have some elements of shame in them. A lot of times procrastination is a cover for other issues. Um, but yeah, you got to take an action without taking an action. You really can't do anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you. You are so welcome. And, you know, um, reach out to me if you need more help. We can set up a private or. Uh, How do I reach out? Um, Here, I'll put my stuff into the chat again. Thank you. Um, You can reach out to me through my website or through Instagram or even through Meetup. Um, But I also. That's another thing I do. If you guys need, you know, 15 minutes and I already know you for meetup, you can just pick book 15 minutes. I'm not going to charge you for a full hour. That's another thing that I do. So, you know, if, if it's something quick and we can get through it quick, great. And then the other thing is you might be interested is signing up for one of those packages because it, um, we really, we were able to go pretty deep in there and see 
So that's in module. Pa- okay, I put that in. That's in module packages. We're able to go pretty deep in those packages, and and people really get a lot out of them and learn a lot because we get to really apply the theory to our lives as we're learning it, and that's that helps. Really helps. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing, Andrew. Um, okay, it's already seven. Wow, that went fast tonight. Um, Thank you guys for coming. It's, um, you are so welcome, Adrian. <laughs> I love doing these groups. I love hearing from you guys. We all get to learn from each other. And this is part of the community that I'm building. As I said, you're free to reach out to me in the meantime, but if I don't hear from you, I will see you next week. Bye. <laughs>